0: welcome back to another episode of chipping in a golf podcast that chips into the conversation episode 5 several topics to discover I'm just looking at my list you've one two three four five six seven things to go over today because what a week it has been in golf because golf has just been popping off lately there's no other way to put it um last week on the PGA tour we had the World Golf Classic Dell Technologies match play. And I had the bracket, as we know. I predicted Max Homa would win. I was wrong. I was wrong about a lot. I didn't expect to be correct about a lot. But the bracket was busted big time. But, I mean, what else do you expect in March? March Madness is wrapping up for the NCAA Women's and Men's Basketball Tournaments. March Madness, quote-unquote madness, for golf just concluded this weekend and Sam Burns walks away as the final winner of this event because as I mentioned last week this will not be in the 2024 schedule unfortunately because um it's being replaced by another event in Houston I believe but I am kind of upset that this event will no longer be on the schedule at least as of now but let's just talk about what we got to love for these past five days so we had three days of round robin before the group stage winners were set and I didn't get to watch too much, unfortunately, just been super busy here, but I did watch most of Sunday, and when I saw Rory McIlroy ahead of Cameron Young and Scotty Scheffler ahead of Sam Burns, I thought, wow, what a final match we're going to get with Scheffler and Rory. We didn't get that. Two upsets in the semifinal round by Burns and Young. To put them in the final, in the match for first place, basically, because we had um we had Scheffler and McElroy face off in a consolation match for third place, which Rory won two and one, to get him back to number two in the world. But it's it was just a very interesting week. We saw, I mean, last week I talked a lot about Ricky Fowler and John Rahm, and John Rahm didn't make it out of his group stage, and I was correct by saying Ricky would beat Rom in their match together that they played on Wednesday. And so I am proud that I predicted that correctly. But looking at it overall, I mean, because Ricky didn't get through to the quarterfinals, he did not earn a spot in the Masters. That's not completely out of the window yet. We'll talk about that in a little bit later. But match play event, it's just a different challenge. Because when you play a 72-hole event, you can rely on the fact that you are playing seventy-two holes as long as you make the cut after the first thirty-six. But in match play, every hole is a new challenge and if you get down early, the match could end early. If you get up quickly, you can win early and not have to play all eighteen. That's why when you say like, oh, Rory beat Scotty Scheffler for third place two and one, that means he was two hole he was two shots ahead of Scheffler with one hole left to play and that's not possible to do so the match goes to, in Rory's favor. But I'd like that it's a different it's a different mindset challenge. It's mentally tough to stay in that headspace for that amount of time, especially because in both Saturday and Sunday you're playing two rounds a day. And so there's a chance you are playing a full 36 holes because you have to because the matches are tight, some of them some were big ones, some, Need the full 18 holes to finish up. But um, Jason Day made it to the quarterfinals, and he lost to Scheffler there, but he punched a ticket to Augusta. And like, as we've mentioned in previous episodes, he's on the upslope. So good work by Jason Day going to Augusta once again in his career. We'll see what he does there. But I don't know what possessed me to pick Will Zalatoris to get out of his group that was a pick I made so dumb like I have nothing else to say I'm mad at myself for that one he hasn't been playing well why I thought he'd do well in match play is seriously unreal but I mean Will could fully just come up he could fully just play the masters and be in the top five and just confuse the entire world of golf because he's been playing so poorly lately missing cuts missing simple three footers missing short the short range pets just not really having his a game but like last year especially in the regular events you didn't see him playing too hot but then he jumps back up in the major so but I just am so mad I made that pick um I thought Min Minwoo Lee would give it a run he also didn't make it through the group stage that was a hot take pick that was a hot take pick I admit it I've had people tell me it was a hot take pick and I know it was a hot take pick Just because he didn't do well in match play doesn't mean he can't compete with these players because Minwoo Lee is not your PJ Tour player. He's a DP Tour world player. So it's kind of different when you see him up against the guys that play against each other every week. But Minwoo didn't make it out of that. Trying to think of who else I picked. Um, I mean, Max Homa at least made it to the weekend out of the round robin stage but that's also because Hideki withdrew because of injury but Max Homa let me down there when Mackenzie Hughes beat him oh well with that one I guess bracket busted well what else are you gonna do it's March but now this week the Valero Texas Open TPC San Antonio at the Oaks course we are two weeks away from the Masters so the field is much weaker because most of the top guys where are they going augusta national they are going to take the extra week to prep but there are a ton of players in the field a ton not many like there's there's several a tons of stretch that if they win they can get in they can take that trip down magnolia lane some of them being players like harry higgs Patrick harrington oh ricky's one of them yeah ricky's one of them you would have thought that oh he blew his chance at the Dell match play He's not gonna make it to Augusta for the third year in a row. No, no, Ricky can still still do well, and I mean he didn't play bad last week. He went two one and zero in group play, just in advance. He beat Rom, which says a lot. And um, since the Zozo Championship, he's made every cut, and has had five, five top twenties. Which five top twenties in every cut? That's I mean, it's not the best step, but it's definitely upwards from what we've seen Ricky Fowler in the past, as I keep mentioning. But in order for him to get to go to Magnolia Lane, he needs to win. He needs to win this event. And Ricky said last week that the goal for him is to drive it well. Well, good thing for him if he feels like he's making the most mistakes off the tee. The course itself is pretty wide off the tee. The Oaks course at TPC San Antonio, pretty wide there. So what's really going to come down to in this event is how you are making your approach shots because these greens are huge. They are large greens. Pin locations could be tucked in a gent in so many different areas that every day the course can be playing totally differently. And depending on whole placement, it can make the approach shots tricky The par fives will be pivotal. You need to walk away with a four. You need to walk away with a four at least. Par will probably feel like a mistake this week just because people are going to hit probably second shots into these greens and have eagle attempts, and then if you miss the eagle putt, normally you just walk away with a birdie, and that's still gaining a stroke on the field there. So you don't want to be making mistakes in that sense. Um, because there, is, the door is really open this week because of how weak the field is. So many different players can make a move. We've seen so many first-time winners on tour this year. Um, maybe we could have someone come to the winner's circle who hasn't been there in a while. Wink, wink, Ricky Fowler. Wink, wink ricky come on get out of the commercials and win something go to augusta because the golf world will be taken by storm and i am all for that so personally i'm rooting for ricky this week i just i love the storyline honestly just obsessed with it um and another thing the weather shouldn't be too big of a factor seems pretty average wind average sun clouds should there's nothing too threatening in that aspect that i think players will have a huge disadvantage against, but I I just think it's going to come down to the greens. There are some bunkers, big, big bunker areas around some of these greens, which could make it tough. If you're misfiring, you could put yourself in a bad position to even secure a two putt or force yourself to make a key up and down. So if I'm Ricky Fowler, okay, I have the confidence in the world. He probably knows that the experts are picking him. If you read anything on Golf Digest, they are loving Ricky Fowler right now and who isn't honestly because people want him to play at Augusta his fan his fans show no limits they just they want to see him there and not on a commercial for the event but enough about the PGA tour let's go to the LPGA tour with the Drive on Championship that was held last week in Arizona the first time the LPGA has played in Arizona since the Founders Cup before it moved to New Jersey in 2021 and We had Celine Boutier win in a playoff. uh, The mark after 72 holes was at 20 under. She and Georgia Hall were tied. And in the first playoff hole, Celine had a birdie, which secured the victory for her. It was the first time she's ever closed out a 54-hole lead in her career and her first victory since the 2021 ShopRite Classic. And because Celine won this, she now becomes... The winningest French woman ever in LPGA history. What a mark for Celine. Just great game all around. Her game was solid all week. I didn't get to watch it too much because unfortunately I have been so busy and I want to watch more golf. But chipping in has allowed me to talk about golf as much as I want regardless of how much I've seen. But I just found it interesting because Celine and Georgia are players that normally play together especially in tournaments, um, events, rather, like the Solheim Cup. They are partners in match play, and they were dominant in the Solheim Cup. So even Celine said it was bittersweet to kind of have to play someone who she's really close with, but 20 under par in four days, that is such a low mark. This course played really low for all of the players. Jin Young-Ko had a top-five finish at 17 under, And she said that she wasn't feeling too well throughout the week. So the communication with her caddy wasn't the best. But she still holds top three in the top. She ranks three in the World Golf Rankings on the women's side. And let's talk about that. Lydia Ko, Nellie Korda, Jin Young Ko. What a trio to top the rankings right now. Uh, Next week, we have the DIO Implant la open it's the second full event of the year and lydia co after skipping last week is back in the field so you will have the top three players in the field um because i am recording this on a tuesday i do not know who is being paired together featured groups wise um but if they were to put those three together that would be pretty stellar um just as marketable as having scheffler McElroy and Rom in a group a couple weeks back at the players it's just as good as a group just as full as talent but um this is uh the fifth year of this event but it's on a new course uh f- for the past four years it was played at Wilshire Country Club but now it's playing at the Palace Verdes Golf Club so there are two defending champions in a sense because we have one event champion in Nasa Hataoka who won by five strokes last year, a huge margin of victory. It was her sixth vic- victory, and Nasa currently ranks 12th in the world, so should be a good showing from her. I know she'll want to defend her title, and I love how Nasa plays. Um, I've seen her play a couple of times. She's very tiny. A lot of the women don't have much height. Nellie Corda tall. Um, M- Madeline Sackstrom, tall. Nasa, very short, but she has so much power in her little swing, That makes her really fun to watch and just, she is very good with her putter when it is hot, which is a big reason why she was able to win by five strokes because she, the rest of the field couldn't keep up with her putter. But there's also a course defending champion because Palos Verdes Golf Club hosted the Palos Verdes Championship last year where Marina Alex, Wayne, New Jersey native, where I'm from, won her second career victory there last year. So There's a course-defending champion, Marina Alex. She won by one stroke over Jin Young-Ko, so huge win for her. Big confidence booster after having a four-year winless drought. And Nasa coming back to defend the title itself of the DIO Implant LA Open. But um, LA is also just a big home to a lot of the LPGA Tour members, um, LPGA Tour players so it's kind of like home field for a lot of them because they a lot of them are from the west coast the course itself is somewhat challenging definitely tight pin locations so I am excited because it's kind of like the two defending champs thing going on this week and just because Celine had a strong week Jin Young-Ko with the top five Nellie Would love to see her get into the mix come Saturday, come Sunday. You know, she can put up a strong moving day as we saw when they were in Singapore. But it's definitely going to make for a great week on the LPGA Tour as always. And now we have to talk about some news that was announced today because the LPGA is returning to Malaysia this year. It will be playing the inaugural Maybank Championship in October. So in October, around that time, end of September, October, depending on the dates, I'd have to double check that. The LPGA has a swing in Asia, kind of another trip out there. They just got back from Singapore, as I've mentioned, but then they play a couple more events, and they just replaced this event. The inaugural Maybank Championship is replacing the Taiwan Swinging Skirts LPGA event that was canceled last week because of operational factors, whatever that means, but The LPGA is getting a chance to head back to Malaysia for the first time since 2017. It'll be a 78-player field, no cuts. So, especially when you're taking a trip around the world, having the security that you'll make something is definitely great. It's a $3 million purse, and it doesn't sound like much, I know, compared to when you see... The winner of a PGA Tour event walk away with $3.5 sometimes. I actually think that's what Sam Burns won at the match play. So $3 million for the full field of earnings is not that much. But I like to think that women's golf is getting there. Today I'm wearing Michelle Wee West's creation of the LPGA hoodie for golf. That was a campaign a few years back that put a lot of money directly into the women's game. You've seen sponsors, sponsorships increase the purses for several events, specifically the U.S. Women's Open in the next few years is also having venue upgrades, purse upgrades. So women's game is climbing. So $3 million right now definitely doesn't seem like a lot, but I like to believe it's getting better. And returning to Malaysia when you haven't been there since 2017, that's huge. That's getting them back. That's, that's definitely a win for the LPGA. And this will be the third event of a four-event swing in Asia, as I mentioned. It will be in between the event played the week prior in South Korea, and then the following week they'll head to Japan. So it's definitely a lot to travel over that month's stretch. Interesting to see who will commit to be in the fields for those. But all around, super exciting. And now we're going to jump to the Augusta National Women's Amateur. I know the Masters two weeks away, but first we have to talk about this because this is where it's in it's a women's amateur event with the final round played at Augusta National, and it's always the week before the Masters every year. Always has so it, always is an event that is just. Great to watch, especially if you're just a fan of Augusta National and you don't know too much about the players competing in it. Because I know I don't know too much, I wish I knew more. But it's just another time where you get to see Augusta National on TV and see some great golf too. Because these women are great, and there is a big misconception about this. This is a 54 hole event, but the misconception is that playing in this event means that you get to take a trip down Magnolia Lane, a guaranteed one, and that is not true. There is kind of like two events in one with this Augusta National Women's Amateur. Even though it's titled Augusta National, you only play Augusta National one day. So the first two rounds are played at Champions Retreat Golf Club, which is 15 miles away from Augusta National, and the field is 72 players. In order to play that Saturday round down Magnolia Lane at the place unlike any other, you need to make the top 30. And this year, it's top 30 in ties, which makes it a little bit, not easier, because it's not easy to make the top 30. But it's just it gives a little more wiggle room for the players. So when so this event actually starts Wednesday. It's two days at Champions Retreat Golf Club, and then the cut is determined. So Wednesday, Thursday, they play there. The final round is on Saturday, because on Friday... The players get to play a practice round at Augusta. And they also open it up to even the people who miss the cut can play. But from articles I've read, the players are like, it's not the same knowing you're not going to compete there. And I fully understand that. It's definitely just still great experience, but you know you want to be going into that Friday practice round knowing you're going to play Saturday and compete for the title. And last year, we saw Anna Davis at 16 years old taking the world by storm with not only her bucket pat, not only being left handed, but her play. Just how accurate she was and just shooting three under at a major course the week before the Masters. Unreal performance by her. She also had a chance to play in several LPGA Tour events just incredible to watch. Um, now she this year I know she committed to Auburn but so good for her. she's just been on fire um, she's and when she won the media kind of really just thrust this winner into the limelight because this event relatively new. Jennifer Cupcho actually won the inaugural event in 2019 and last year became a major champion after winning the Chevron Championship and taking the final leap into Poppy's Pond for the LPGA. So not saying that because you win this you're going to make it, but there's definitely, it just solidifies your name into someone everyone has to keep an eye out for for basically the rest of your career unless something completely insane happens. But even Anna Davis said that Augusta National is kind of like not a deep breath moment, but a little bit of like, hey, I made it because of how hard and how mentally challenging the Champions Retreat is, because it's not an easy golf course. It is so difficult for these players. A lot of people talk about how hard it is just to even get through the round. And so that's, what's making, that's what makes that cut at to finish within the top 30 in ties this year so difficult. But players that I'm looking out for, obviously Anna Davis, I'm excited to see what she does returning to this event and having to, getting the chance to defend her title and also um someone who I've been looking into a little bit is Rose Zhang she's 19 years old she's a sophomore at Stanford and right now she's the hottest player in college golf she has won she has five wins in six of her starts this season and last year she made the cut in three LPGA majors this girl can play all everybody in the field can play so it I'm so excited to watch this. I even think they're getting some TV time Wednesday and Thursday. I know definitely they're getting coverage on Sunday um, because it's Augusta and it's the final round but I'm interesting to see I'm interested to see how this plays out. should be really great. I expect a lot of drama and it's just an early look as it at Augusta with the masters of the week. The following week but there's just a lot going on in golf this week and I mentioned last week we're gonna have a live laugh of the week I found one it's not necessarily about the tour itself but it's about one of our defectors to live Mr. Brooks Kepka, aka the newest Florida man if you will he was at a Florida Panthers game holding a traffic cone, looking low-key disheveled, and he was screaming at Aaron Elkbald um, because of how badly he was playing. So, I mean, if that's what you're doing in your downtime because the Live Golf Tour doesn't play every week, isn't as competitive, isn't as um, full of tradition and standards of the PGA Tour, isn't as good as the PGA Tour, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, I like the PGA better then we're going to always laugh at Brooks Kepka. One, I've always thought he was a prick. Two, full swing confirmed that. Three, just not the biggest fan of him whatsoever. So just stuff like that makes me laugh. So I'll share my laughs with you in this week's Live Laugh of the Week. But that's all we have for this episode of Chipping In. Next week is going to be Masters, 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 Masters. Oh, and did I mention the Masters? Because... We'll give a quick recap on everything that I mentioned. We're going to talk about the ANWA. We're going to talk about the LA Open. We're going to talk about the Valero Texas Open. There's going to be a lot to talk about, but there might be a 20-minute rant as to why I love the Masters, as to why I'm excited about the Masters. We'll break down everything from Scotty Scheffler's menu. We're going to break down things of how live players will be in the field we're going to talk about just the event itself we're going to give some predictions i'll have more hot takes but let's root for a ricky fowler win this week because i'd love to have to talk about him let's root for a great week in the lpga i want to see a nelly corda surge on a saturday i want to see climbs up the leaderboard from everyone else um marina alex getting in the mix would love to see that knowing Um, I've always just rooted for Marina Alex. She's someone who I've spoken to in the past, and she just has a great mindset about the game, considering that she's not a player who typically wins, only won twice in her career, as I mentioned, but just definitely hangs in there a little bit. And Nasa, the event defending champ, just great week there. There's just another great week of golf, and it's just a great week in general. So much to look forward to. Can't complain about a thing to be honest. But that's all we have for this episode of Chipping In, episode five in the books. I'll be back next week. Until next time.